you get in the Word? Okay, turn with my, in your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4. 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4. I don't think I've ever preached this or shared this. I, I, I slept really well last night. I just slept deep. I slept good. I woke up and I just found myself thankful. I found myself, God, you're so kind. You're so good. And at the same time, I found myself Another part of me, my heart, saying, God, sometimes life just seems so unfair. Sometimes I look at situations with people in, around the world and I think, that just seems so unfair. And you look at something that happens to someone that you love and you think, that just wasn't fair. Have you ever been felt that? Have you ever, just be honest, let's be honest this morning. Have you ever felt like life is not fair? Have you ever said it's just, it's just not fair? You remember being a little kid and you're like, well, I, I, I think I should be able to stay up as late as everybody else. Why does he get to stay up later? It's not fair. And you said that to your parents and you hear it as a parent. And then after a while, you think, you, you say these words, life isn't fair. And I know we're probably not meant to say that, but it's true. Life is not fair. And I, I and sometimes when I, I, I look at situations, I think that just is unjust. That just is not fair. Let's read this. And I, I, we're going to kind of glean some stuff today from out this. But 2 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 4, it said, Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came to Jezreel. His nurse picked him up and fled. But as she turned to leave, he fell and became crippled. His name was Mephibosheth. This is a, a story that is grossly unfair. This is a story, and we're going to unpack this a little bit today and lift and glean some things out of this text. Because here is a five-year-old boy. Now, if you don't know the story of Mephibosheth, this is the backdrop. His grandfather was Saul, and his father was Jonathan, and they were both killed at war. They were killed in battle. And as we all know, that therefore the next son would be the heir, and that was Mephibosheth. So his nurse, on hearing the news that now both grandfather and father were dead, now he, this little five-year-old boy, is going to become a target for attack. Why? Because he's the heir. So she picked him up, and as she rushed to take him into hiding, she trips and falls, and he breaks both of his feet. And he is five years old. That's not fair. How is that fair? He had a whole life ahead of him, a life of living in royalty, of living as a king. Living with servants and land. But somebody did this to me. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't because of his sin. He was five years old. Somebody dropped him. Life isn't fair. It's just not. 
And some of you today, and I think this is why I, I, I want to look at this today, and, and I, and I want to just go in this place. I want to just settle into this place. I want to arrive in this place and stay there for a bit and look. Well, then what's the answer if life just isn't fair? And some of you have been there recently in, in your own health. And you've heard news about, uh, about cancer. You've heard news about pain. Or you, you, your, 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 own, your own health has failed in some way. Or somebody else's health failed in some way. And that health perhaps ended in, in death. And you think, but I did everything that I, I could possibly have done. I did everything that I should have done. I prayed, Lord, I was faithful to you. Lord, this isn't fair. It's not fair that they're gone. It's not fair that I have this disease. Lord, that person's living a mess. And, you, and it seems like you bless them, but not me. I talked to someone recently and they said, I don't understand. I'm going to now blame God because these things happened and it just isn't fair. And as I'm listening, I'm, 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 the words are going in, and I'm like, I, I understand what you're saying. And going through this own journey myself with times where I think, that's just not fair. I'm like, I start to question, I, I ask God questions. You know there's a difference between questioning and asking a question? There's a difference between questioning God. Job tried that, it didn't work out well. When Job started to question God, it says, out of the storm, God answered Job. And he said this, brace yourself like a man. I won't go into any more like what that means. But he says, brace yourself like a man because this is going to hurt, sunshine. And he says this, he says, Job, where were you when I put the stars in, there in order? Where were you when I, let, when I measured the oceans? Were you there? Were you? And it's quite humorous to me as, as the writing goes on. He says, where were you when the mountain goats gave birth? This is God speaking to Job. Were you there? No, you weren't. So brace yourself to, like a man and, I will, uh, and stop questioning me, but I will answer you. And God answers him out of the storm. All I'm saying is be careful when we answer that we ask questions and ask questions of God's word because his word is his voice in print. And there is and God speaks to us through his word, but there's a difference between asking a question and actually questioning God. All right, so maybe that's a maybe it's a relationship thing. Maybe you've you've arrived at a place where you say, it's not fair in a relationship. You thought, I, I, that relationship broke down. Why? I don't think it was my fault. Maybe it was. But it just doesn't seem fair. It only broke down because of this. And I've really owned this. But the person still won't respond. And I've asked for forgiveness. And I've repented with tears. And they just walk away. And it's just not fair. Maybe it's a divorce. And you're reeling with the pain of a divorce. Maybe it's a second divorce or a third divorce or a fourth divorce or a fifth divorce. And you think, I'm just, maybe, I, I, I'm just a mess. I feel a mess. This isn't fair. And you think, I can't blame my past, but my past actually has a lot to do, to it, do with this. There's a cyclical pattern in my life and these relationships just seem, seem to get destroyed. It just doesn't seem fair. It's just not fair. 
Things break. It's not fair. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe COVID wiped you out and you think, it's just not fair. I was prospering. Things were going so well. But then this thing happened. Whose fault is it? Who's to blame? Let's blame them. But at the end of it, you're just left feeling it's just not fair. Unless you're one of the few people that decided to invest in hand sanitizer. Or Zoom. Or Amazon. Lord, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you have me open up a hand sanitizing company, God? Then I could have financed your kingdom. It's not fair. Lord, you blessed them, but you didn't bless me. That person did so well in COVID. They made millions of dollars. What about me? I've been tithing. I've been serving. I've been doing the nursery. I've talked to my neighbors. I, I, I worship you. I fast. I pray every day. Why, why me? This isn't fair. Maybe it's in, in your job, in your career. And you get looked over. You go there early. You stay late. And the person that you know that no one else sees, they're the ones that just rock up late. They just got to, they're much better with their words. They're more confident. Everybody seems to like them. But you know that they're not working so hard. And then they get promoted right over you. And now you have to have a great attitude as you submit to them. And you just think it's not fair. But I want to tell you this morning something that I've learned that I trust will help you. And it's this. Another thing that just isn't fair is the grace of God. His grace, his favor, unmerited favor, his goodness and his kindness just isn't fair. That's why it's called grace. Church, when we realize the grace of God, we're like, that just isn't fair. God, that's too much. You know me. You're so kind to me. Your favor isn't fair. <laughs> this is a good word this morning. I know I haven't preached this before, but I'm just te teaching you out of my own notes. This is how I, this is how I, I, I go to God or how I go to his word when I just think it's not fair. It's not fair that he had eyes. Life isn't fair. It, but then what's the answer for the church? And I think there's a key right here. In the grace of God, his goodness, his favor, his kindness, his generosity, his love. And I want to take us back into this story because this boy, Mephibosheth, now with two crippled feet, finds himself in a place called Lodabar. Lodabar was an actual place in ancient Israel. And it was a place that was known as somewhere you go or somewhere you are sent when because of circumstances, that's 
all that there was left. And Lodabar actually means n- no pasture, it means n- which means nowhere to eat, no communi- communication, no words, and it actually means no thing. It's not even a thing. <laughs> Lodabar is not even a thing. It's just this place. Lodabar, it doesn't even sound fun. Where do you live? Lodabar. I live in Lodabar. It's like... And this is where Mel Shibbeth now lives. This boy who, started, who lost, who broke his feet at five years old when he was heir to be king. And now he's living in Lodabar. And some of you feel that sense. We're like this boy that then grew up. And as we read, the story doesn't tell you this until you read deeper into the text, but he grows up there to a grown man and has kids of his own. Unable to walk. And I had a word for you and I, someone gave me this, a, a powerful word, these three words this week, and I recorded them and I listened to them late last night, and it triggered this whole journey of Meshubeth theft down in Lodabar, and the three words this were this, that there are people that feel displaced, there are fi- people that feel replaced, and there are people that feel out of place. And as I read this story and I just began, my emotions started to to just to rise up, not only about how unfair this story is, but also how unfair the grace of God is. And a point in our life that we all have to make, are we going to stay in Lodabar and are we going to find our identity in Lodabar and are we going to stay in a place of it's not fair because of a position or a circumstance which was not fair or are we going to turn to the grace of God which also isn't fair to help us out? And I want to suggest that we can, that there is God's grace is sufficient for us. And so if you're here today and in any in it, there's an area of your life where you feel displaced, replaced or out of place, then this word is for you. I'm not going to speak long this morning. We're going to break bread in a moment. I'm going to ask the musicians if they'll come back up and we're going to and, we're, and I believe God's going to do something and he's going to shift something. Because sometimes these things are so subtle and we stay in a place that God doesn't want us to stay in because for the simple reason, we just don't know how to get out. The truth is we don't know what we don't know. But church, the word of God is alive and it's quick. It's living and it's active and it's helpful. And I believe God wants to help us out today. This man, from a boy of five years old with broken feet, now grows up in a place called Zodabar, and his name is Mephibosheth. And this wasn't fair. But I just want to say these three three things to you. Number one, don't, number one, your status doesn't change 
your significance. Your status doesn't change your significance. Mephibosheth is in Lodabar. That was his status. He didn't have the title of king, although he should have. If you read in the story, if you, if you read it, he's referred to as the cripple. He's referred to as the lame man. And he's referred to as the man with two broken feet, not by his name. Don't let your, okay, your status doesn't change your significance. Gideon, do you remember the story of Gideon? He's hiding and in the baggage. He's, just, he's terrified. And he says, I am the weakest in my tribe. No one will listen to me. And God shows up and he says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. That's how God speaks to us. That's how God sees us. He speaks destiny and truth into us. He believes in us even when we don't believe in ourselves. And for some of you today are going to have one of those moments where God speaks to you in Lodabar and says, I want you to come and stand up because your status doesn't change your significance. Number two, your location is not your destination. And one of the things that we can do is when we get to Lodabar and, and we can get used to the fact it's just not fair. This boy would have grown up like, wait, what? I could have had what now? But there was a, if, if you read into the text, and I'm going to go into this more another time. Um, but today, I just, I want this to be really simple. I don't want to go too deep, but I'm going to, uh, uh, maybe probably next Sunday. But, but church, watch this. We can settle into a place of apathy. We can settle into this place of poor me. We can settle into a place of it's not fair. We can settle into a place of, well, everything is just a lot slower now. We can settle into a place where we just live in our pajamas like so many people have done for the last two years. We can live in a place where we just stay at home and lock in and lock down. And, but church... That is not our destination. That's not home. That's not where we're meant to be. You know, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. But if we keep reading, it says, And then we go through the valley of the shadow of death. I think sometimes... We get it the wrong way around and we lie down in the middle of the valley. We're like, oh, I guess this is it. This is my Lodabar. Having a Job moment. I'm just going to park up here then. I'm going to stay in the valley of the shadow of death then. No, 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 no. Even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, it's just a shadow. Don't camp there. Don't make your location your destination. Where you are right now, and I, I believe God wants to unstick some things today, unstick some mind, mindsets to come in with fresh truth. And we have a decision to make. Do I believe that? 
But I don't know how I can. Look at, look at my body. Look at my finances. Look at my relationships. Look at my career. Look at my age. Look at my status. No. I can't accept that. Because his grace is sufficient for me. This wasn't fair. But neither is his grace. Neither is his goodness. Number three. Your infirmity is not your identity. Our challenge, our physical challenge, our emotional challenge, our mental, that cannot become your identity. That's not who God says that we are. It really is interesting to me in this story when you read it that he is referred to without being, his name being used until later as just the, the cripple, as just the lame, as the man with two broken feet. But this story is about to get better because we're going to read, if you can, jump over to chapter 9. I think it's going up on the screen here. Thank you guys back there. I, I love this. I love asking the, the, the text questions. But if you can imagine this moment, David is king of Israel. He's the man after God's own heart. His best friend, Jonathan, is dead. So is Jonathan's father, Mephibosheth's grandfather, killed at war. David's wandering around in his palace being king. And he says this, David asks, is there anyone still left in the house of Saul whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now, there, is a, there, there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba, and they summoned him to before, here before David. And the king said to him, are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. Can the next screen go up? And the king asked, is there, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness. I love this. Here's where you see David as a man after God's own heart, who I can show kindness. That's God's heart. Who can I show kindness to? Who, 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 who? Oh, this is, let's just stop here for a moment. Here's the heart of the Father. Hmm. Let me keep reading. Whew. Well, there is a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Uh, does he have a name? He's lame in both feet. Does he, does he have a name? Where is he? The king asked. Zebra answers, he's at the house of Machia. I'm going to talk about Machia next week. The son of Amiel in Lodabar. There's so many things I want to say on this. There's so many. There's this, this, this text is just so loaded for me. There's so much twist and turns, even in this man's zebra and motives and what's really going on with zebra and uh, with, 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 with Machia and zebra and Mephibosheth. And why didn't they kill Mephibosheth? Because he's just a lame guy. But God didn't see him like that. God moves after David's heart. 
Is the next screen there or no? Let me read it. David sends. He says, bring him to me. Bring him. Bring Mephibosheth to me. Bring him here. And he starts to talk to him. He says, don't be afraid. I will show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. And I will restore to you the land that belongs to your grandfather, Saul. And you will always eat at my table. And Mephibosheth bowed his head and he said, What is your servant to do that you should notice a dog like me? That's what Lodabar does to people. It can bring us to a place where we find our identity in our circumstance. Where we find our identity in our infirmity. And church, God wants to shift that today, right here, right now. He does. So musicians, if you can come, just come quickly. If you can come quietly. I love this because David, this man, I'm sure David's crying like John Washka. I'm sure, I'm sure he's just he's just losing it. He's looking at he's looking at Mephibosheth's eyes and he's seeing the resemblance of his best mate, Jonathan, who he loved. And all the mixture of emotions that his best friend Jonathan's dad was Saul, who was trying to kill him. And here he is, he's got this moment and he's got this position, a God position by the way. He didn't manipulate the position, God put David there. And he's walking around his palace like, hmm, what can I do? Who can I bless? Who can I help? Who can I show this depth of love, favor, grace to? Is there anyone left? I could talk about legacy here for a bit, but there's just so much. I want you quietly, if you can, to reach under your chair and you'll find a little communion sachet. If you don't have one, if you can put your hand up and fresh, if you're available, get some runners and help you out. We'll get one to you. If you can just open it up, if you can. If you don't have one, just put your hand up and I'll get one to you. Oh, no, I'm okay. Um, I don't have enough hands. 
you know, this bread is significant, if you can call that bread, whatever this is. Right. Is significant. The significance of this in the Bible is for the healing. Everyone say healing of our bodies. And the wine is significant for the forgiveness of our sin. So Jesus takes the bread, watch this, and he heals us first. His kindness leads us to repentance. So the healing of your bo- of our body comes first, the f- then the forgiveness of our sins. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Praise his holy name. Forget none of his benefits. He heals all my disease. He forgives me from all of my sin. We're going to take this in a moment. If you can just hold it just for a moment more. Because there's a part of this story that every time I read it, I want to eat my chair and my Bible because there's so much hidden in Scripture and I love the Word of God and I love revelation and I love digging and searching and next week I'm going to go a little bit deeper into some of these words and the meaning of Machia and Ziba and Mephibosheth and these characters and what's really going on deeper in this story but today I just wanted to be a voice to say if you're in Lodabar God is calling you out. He's calling you out. He's calling you out. He's saying, hey, I'm sending someone to you. David said, send him for me. Go fetch him. Don't just ask him to come pick him up and bring him. And I just believe God today is once to, he's coming after you. He's calling after you. He's saying, I'm coming to get you from Lodabar. But there's something we have to do too. We have to respond. And so I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I'm going to ask you, right where you are, if you're able to, and if you're not, that's fine, just stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet across this room because I believe God's calling us out. And listen, I mean out. (laughs) Can you imagine the contrast to going from obscurity to royalty? From Lodabar, where people don't even know my name. I've been identified and I've been marked with an identity based on my infirmity all my life. I've had people have to carry me around. I can't even do it for myself. And wait, who wants to talk? Someone's calling me. The king is calling me. Yeah, the king is calling you. Why, why, why me? I'm a dog. No, you're not. And he wants you to bring you to his table. And he wants to restore you. And he wants to restore what belongs to you. But but, but it wasn't fair. I know it wasn't fair. Life isn't fair. But neither is grace. And some of you just need to receive the grace of God. And stop working on your penance. 
and working on your way back and what did I do and scratching your head and maybe if I'd done this better and maybe if I hadn't said this and maybe I should have done this, just receive His grace. It's not fair. And that's where the grace of God kicks in. God says, I'm here. I paid for it on Calvary. The wrath of God was satisfied. Here's the most precious thing. I love this. The word Meshibatheth means destroyer of shame. That's what his name means. And no one even used his name. They just called him the lame guy. The man with broken feet or the cripple. But if anyone actually took the time to actually knew his name. When David says, is there anyone? There's a son of so-and-so, but he's lame. But his name meant destroyer of shame. And I want to declare in this place today that Jesus died to destroy your shame. And every time we take this cup and every time we take this bread, we remind the enemy that he is a defeated foe, that our sins are forgiven, that our bodies have been healed, that our shame has gone and joy has come. So right now, just I want you to just take this bread and just whatever your Lodabar is, I want you to say today, I am leaving Lodabar. I feel displaced. I feel replaced. I feel out of place. But today, I'm going to leave Lodabar. Today, I'm going to listen to the call of the Holy Spirit and say, I'm coming. Lord, here I come. Some of you can say, just close your eyes, church. Just say, Lord, here I come. I'm coming. I'm taking this bread by faith. Let's take it together. For the healing of my body. For the healing of my body. Lord, I just thank you for the healing of your church. Thank you for the cross. I ask to speak healing over, over eyesight. Healing over chests. Lungs. Anxiety. Stress. In the mighty name of Jesus. I feel people getting up. <laughs> I feel people getting up. I feel, I feel people getting up. I feel you're just being carried by His grace, which isn't fair, into the presence of the King. And God's just telling you how He sees you and what He thinks about you and what's rightfully yours. And you think, but I just don't feel worthy and that's the problem. The Lord says, yes, you are. Because life isn't fair. But neither is His grace. Thank you, Lord. Let's take this cup, sorry. Take this cup, please. This is for the forgiveness of our sins. When you take this today, receive his forgiveness. Say, I'm forgiven. No more shame. This cup 
is the destroyer of shame. It is the destroyer of our shame. The cross was a divine exchange. And for our shame, we got a double portion. Will you say this with me? Shame off me in Jesus' name. Shame off me in Jesus' name. What I did is not my name. Say this with me. What I did is not my name. What happened to me is not my name. That wasn't fair. But that's not my name. Father, I thank you for everybody in this room. And I ask that I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's alive and it's living and it's active. I thank you that it is your voice in print. And Jesus, today I thank you for this day. I thank you that this is the day where like David, who's a picture of Christ, calls for Mephibosheth, that you're calling us out of Lodabar. Right to your table. And I ask that this week we will live in your favor, in your goodness, in your kindness in your safety, in your mercy. In Jesus' name.